Voices of VR podcast. Hello, my name is Kent Bai, and welcome to the Voices of VR podcast. It's a podcast that looks at the future of spatial computing and the structures of immersive storytelling. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash voices of VR. So continuing on my 24-episode series of South by Southwest, today's episode is with Miriam Ashar, who's the Chief Media Partnership and PR Officer at the FI Center. The FI Center is an art gallery that's based in Montreal, and they have lots of really amazing different exhibitions there. In fact, they're probably one of the leading XR exhibition spaces in the context of a museum because they not only have been doing amazing exhibitions for years and years and years and years, but they're also one of the investors of Felix and Paul, and they were one of the co-producers of the Infinite Experience. They had a number of different location-based experiences that they've produced and exhibited around the world. They had a whole exhibition in Venice that I, when I first went in 2019. And so, yeah, they're really at the forefront of looking at these immersive stories that are showing a lot of times at these different festivals. And so Miriam is often, I actually literally see her like at every single different immersive festival that I go to. She's there checking out as much of the program as she can possibly see, talking to the different creators, making different connections, and helping to bring some of these different pieces that are shown at these different festival exhibitions back into Montreal at the Phi Center. They're working on creating this whole new exhibition center in 2026. And so I, I get a sense of, you know, all the different things that she's going to and all the different places that she goes to, to be able to curate and do this. It's basically like a dream job to be able to go into all these different places to see all the different work and to help to bring the best of that work back into Montreal. And she is one of the most prominent immersive curators in the context of these exhibition location-based experiences and these museum contexts that is happening there at the Phi Center and lots of other things that are happening with both commissioning uh, different artists. And yeah, there's just a lot of ways that she's helping to support the larger ecosystem of immersive storytelling by providing exhibition space, paying artists, and to help to provide commissions and doing all sorts of other stuff of just generally supporting the immersive storytellers within the immersive industry. So we're covering Miriam's journey into XR and all the things that she's doing there at the Phi Center on today's episode on the Voices of VR podcast. So this interview with Miriam happened on Tuesday, March 14th, 2023 at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. So with that, let's go ahead and dive right in. So my name is Miriam Achar and I'm Chief New Media Partnership and PR Officer at FI. FI is an ecosystem based in Montreal. We have a foundation for contemporary art called the FI Foundation for Contemporary Art that's been around for 15 years. We have the FI Center, which is a physical space dedicated to presenting experiences, exhibitions that are at the intersection between art and technology. It's been around for 10 years. Then we have FI Studio that's been around now for, I think, four years. FI Studio is really the entity that is producing works. Our latest uh, large-scale production is called The Infinite that was launched in Montreal in 2021, that went after that to Houston. Then to Tacoma, Seattle is presently in San Francisco and it's a collaboration between Felix and Paul Studio and Phi. And Phi Studio also did a joint venture with Alejandro Inaritu and Emerson Collective to bring back Carne Arena, the VR piece directed by Inaritu on the road. It is currently also in San Francisco alongside the Infinite and will travel again for 
other locations to be announced. And last but not least, we will be opening a new space in Montreal in 2026, hopefully maybe 2027, called Phi Contemporary, that will allow us to bring under one roof what we do right now in two different physical locations. It will be approximately 80,000 square feet of exhibition spaces, as much as for art and technology, but also for contemporary art. So that's the Phi ecosystem. Yeah, I know you've been at the heart of like almost literally every immersive festival I've been to. I think I've run across you and, and see you really at the forefront of seeing a lot of work that's been out there. And so maybe just give a bit more context as to your background and your journey into doing what you do. So I've been working with Phoebe Greenberg, who is the founder of Phi, for now it's going to be 17 years. When I uh, started to work with her, actually, I'm just couple of, of weeks before starting with her, I left a job where I felt, you know, I went through, uh, I had, it was done and I was doing PR for a music festival and I really needed a break. I thought I would go and travel and then somehow I, I bumped into her in Montreal and she said, you're not going nowhere. You're going to come and work with me. So I'm, I'm coming. I've always, you know, evolved in the, in the cultural spheres, Rim, but my background like really what I studied is actually I'm a German teacher (laughs) I had no idea Ah, I know no no, not many people know so that's what I studied but I really um, when I started to work with Phoebe first with the Contemporary Foundation and then when she opened the Phi Center I really saw an opportunity of of, um, I, I mean I've been always interested by new things and you know like we started to work with Felix and Paul and I was really new at that I mean that's 10 years ago VR was not what it is right now and I saw the endless possibilities that virtual at that time it was we were talking about VR not all XR AR and all those are but I saw the um, really the as I said the opportunity and I saw that we Phi could become a destination and we started really small in Montreal at the Phi Center by showing giving access to uh, Felix and Paul's work in virtual reality on a free basis and we saw that people were like mine like you know people were saying like we never saw something like that and that's how I myself I crafted my position I have to say and I'm very lucky to work with Phoebe Greenberg who's really like give me you know the entire freedom and but also she knows I'm doing it well and that I position Montreal, Phi, Quebec, Canada on the creative uh, digital creativity industry scene. So what exactly is your position? Because are you a curator? Are you in the marketing PR? Like, what is the title you give yourself? And maybe just give me a sense, because I feel like you're spanning a lot of stuff and you said you created it yourself. So what do you call it? And what are all the different things that you do? So my official title is uh, Chief New Media Partnership and PR Officer at FI. But I do many, many different things. So I am a curator. I'm the curator of the exhibitions that are at the Phi Center, not the Foundation for Contemporary Art. There is somebody else who's doing those exhibitions. But everything that we do at Phi, that, you know, like at the intersection between art and technology, that's really my, my work. Obviously, I'm not alone, you know, like there's some other people involved, mainly Phoebe, but it's really, as you said, me traveling to all those places, discovering new work, new artists, create collaboration. So this is one of my responsibility. I'm also doing public relation and press relation for all the entities. So the foundation, the center, the studio and 
the upcoming Phi Contemporary. I'm trying to create, you know, like new media partnerships. So I'm trying to find partners that would be interested to come on board with us, let's say as a sponsor for an exhibition or being a co-producer or producer on the work with us for the studio. So yeah, I wear many hats. You said it, I'm everywhere. I love my job. I love what I do. And yeah, many hats. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you could talk a bit about some of the different immersive exhibitions that you've done. You mentioned the thing with Felix and Paul, but curious to hear about some of the other shows that you may have been a part of hosting there in Montreal. So, you know, the center has been around for 10 years. We've been presenting uh, XR exhibition for the last eight years, maybe nine, eight years. So I'm not going to go through all the exhibition, but we do two to three exhibitions a year. Sometimes it's one artist or one studio, but most of the time it's more of a group show. I'm really excited actually about the upcoming exhibition that is opening next week, so on, on March 21st, which is called um, Chaos and Memories. So one work is by ScanLab, who you know, Framerate, that was actually here, premiered here in, uh, at South by last in 2022. Then it went to Venice and we're going to be showing it in Montreal at the Phi Center. And the other part of this exhibition is actually a spotlight on Taiwan. I feel that what's coming out of Taiwan in the last years is really, really impressive. So we are collaborating with Taika on uh, bringing four VR works to Montreal as part of the exhibition. We will bring in the creators, well not next week, but probably in June, to speak about the ecosystem in Taiwan. So this is upcoming. It's hard for me, you know, to choose one, but we presented uh, Spheres a couple of years ago in a beautiful installation. I still think it was one of the most beautiful set design we did for an exhibition at the center. This same exhibition with Spheres we did, we brought it to the Rockefeller Center in New York. So we do, we are present in Montreal at the center in our own walls, but we also are doing exhibitions uh, internationally. We also presented the works by uh, Marshmallow Laser Feast. They're very close to the family. So we presented In the Eyes of the Animals, Tree Hugger, their latest one, now I have a blank. We live in the ocean of air, exactly. I really, really love what Marshmallow is doing. That was major for us, uh, having their work. So yeah, I mean, I'm trying always to the way I select works, like you know, if I go in, into a festival like South By or Sundance or Tribeca, if I do a, like an experience in VR and I remove the headset and I, I have this feeling that, okay, I liked it, I know the Montreal audience is going to go for it, yeah. And there's also, I guess, their, their latest piece from Marshmallow's Feast was Evolver, but I'm not sure if that's even come out after that yet. Yeah, it went, Evolver was shown in uh, Geneva at the GIF, the Geneva International Film Festival, but I think that's it for now. I'm sure it's gonna go other places, but I think after New York, it was only Geneva. Yeah, because I've been going to like the different major festival circuits from like Sundance and South by Southwest, Tribeca, Venice, IFA Doc Lab, and not every one for every year, but trying to, when I go to them, see what those pieces are. And I guess the great tragedy a lot of times is that after you have that, exhibition, then maybe it'll go to some of these other festivals, maybe other regional festivals that are out there. But the life of these projects have, unfortunately, a lot of them don't have an opportunity to be seen in a broader context. But 
with the location-based entertainment approach that you've taken with the Fi Center, at least you have an outlet and maybe an economic model for some of these creators to actually get a return on their investment rather than to put a lot of money in stuff and then maybe not have any way to get any money back, which by its nature doesn't really foster a growing ecosystem that makes it viable for people to do this type of work. So it feels like the stuff that you've been doing at the Fi Center has been so crucial of creating the stopgap of a place for these projects to go and live and get shown to audiences, but eventually to potentially then at some point make it out into more of a general mainstream distribution. So I'd love to hear some of your take on that because distribution has been obviously a big challenge, but you've been doing quite a lot to try to actually make these works more accessible. So, you know, the big difference between what we do at the center and the festival, like where we are now at South by, like, South by is even something else. You know, the exhibition is on for three days. If you go to Tribeca, it's 10 days. Itfa and, and Venice, 10 days. When we are presenting an exhibition, it's like three to four months. So it gives a lot of visibility to the creators. Thousands of people are coming through our doors. We pay a licensing fee to the artist. That's really important. And we hope by being present that long that there will be like a word of mouth. People will say, oh, did you see that artist at the Fi Center in Montreal? And then I'm also like, people are, are calling me a connector. I really love, you know, to introduce people. So that's why also when you show works by different artists in Montreal, then if some curators are coming as part of Mutech, for instance, I always invite them to come and see what we have on. And then very often I will then say, oh, well, the creator from Mutech came. Maybe you should speak to him about your work. So that's one thing. The other thing is we were in 2020, the beginning of 2020, we were on the verge of uh, having four, three or four different exhibitions outside of Quebec. So we were supposed to have an exhibition at the Saatchi in London, collaboration with Acute Art. We were supposed to have an exhibition that was actually presented in Montreal at the center and the space in Milan called Meet was really interested. So we were supposed to bring everything we had in Montreal and install it at Meet. We were supposed to be present in Tribeca with a piece that was part of the programming of the festival, but then that would have been for a longer time and then COVID happened. So all of those never happened. And then, well, we're still a bit, we're recovering still might be something we'll look into it again yeah creating producing exhibition for fi in montreal is right now for the center is the main goal we also have the infinite and those large-scale exhibition but to create partnerships and collaborations with other venues i wish there would be other venues like the fi center and i say that in a very humble way i don't mean we are better than anybody else but i think we are unique you know, we're collaborating with Meet in Milan, trying to collaborate in Paris with La Gaîté Lyrique or even Le 104, which are spaces that are starting to exhibit also a bit of virtual reality. That's about it. There's the Portland Art Museum's Center for Untold Tomorrows, which brought the symbiosis to Portland, Oregon, and that's where I live. And so I had a chance to see a lot of those different characters there. And so hopefully there'll be a continued expansion, because I, I do think that actually there's a, a real hunger and desire to have these. Portland Art Museum is one of the places where, during the pandemic, when Venice was showing at different places, there were a consortium of different art museums, but in terms of doing the type of curation, yeah, I feel like there's not as many as involved in, in both, not only the, the exhibition, but also the co-production, the cultivation, and the funding, and so maybe you could talk about, because you, you mentioned stuff about the Fi Center, and that eventually you have opportunities to have commissioned opportunities for artists to come in, so maybe talk about that component for how that came about for helping to directly commission or help to cultivate 
pieces from artists that you resonate with? I mean, there's different entries there. I could talk about the residency. We launched a residency program in 2021. I could also talk about the studio, what, how the studio works, how we choose with whom we like to work. I mean, working with Felix and Paul was obvious because we are investors in Felix and Paul. So that was really like, and by creating the infinite, that was an obvious choice to do that. Shall I talk a little bit about the residency maybe? So we launched in 2021 a residency program where we have three different residencies, one in music, one in contemporary art and one in immersive. The promise with the immersive residency is that we are inviting, it's an open call, so there is a jury. The first year we received 100 applications from all over the world and the winner, if you'd like, Saverio and Yolanta, they, were, uh, they are Italian artists. They had a piece last year at the Gap Financing Market in Venice called Zero. So what we promised them is that you're going to come and spend two months in Montreal with our studio. January and February, the coldest month. But they loved it still. They loved it so much that they moved to Montreal. So the promise is to help them produce a prototype. So we're not promising to produce a piece, we help them produce a prototype so that they are able to go and get some fundings. If we really love the work, then we could be interested in producing, but that's not a promise we make. So that was year one. Year two, the residents are still right now in Montreal. They are from Sweden. They were also at the Gap Financing Market. They had a piece called Crow Castle. And they are spending now two months with the team in Montreal to help them, you know, creating a prototype to go after funding. So this is one of the way we work with artists. We do a bit of commission because now we have the studio that is producing, you know, like we're maybe like the foundation for contemporary art is more maybe commissioning works. The center a bit less. Well, you mentioned the contemporary art, and I know that when I was at Venice that you had said that you'd already seen a lot of the stuff at the Art Biennale, and so I have, like, a cadence of, like, ideally I'd be able to go to, like, Sundance New Frontier, which took a hiatus this year, South by Southwest, Tribeca, Venice Film Festival, and if a Doc Lab. If I cover and see all the things there, I feel like I've got a good beat as to what's happening with immersive storytelling. But it seems like that you're also going to, like, all these other ones, whether it's, like, a music or Art Biennale. Maybe you could talk about some of the other places that you go to to try to search for where the future of immersive entertainment or these other music or other aspects that you may be looking for in keeping a beat of what's happening in this immersive art space. So we, I mean, we've been going to the Venice Contemporary Art Biennale for over... 15 years. Because we have a contemporary art foundation, it makes sense. I mean, I do the same festivals as you. Uh, we see each other in all those festivals, but we feel that we need also to expand. We need to open up to other discipline. And when contemporary art meets technology, it can be really powerful. And there is more and more technology in, for instance, in Venice at the Contemporary Art Biennale, there is more like this year there was more technology works than based work than two years ago, than four years ago, than six years ago. So it's really important to be aware of what's coming, how artists, contemporary artists, how do they feel about technology. So yeah, Venice is one space we go. I was not so long ago, I went to London because we had meetings, I went to see ABBA. And I was blown away, you know, like that's where music meets technology. It's incredible what they did. I don't know if you saw it, but it's, it is incredible. At some point, you know, like you're dancing and 
I was clapping and I was like, oh my God, I'm clapping at avatars. They were so real that they make you feel that it's real person in front of you. So yeah, I'm going to, you know, I went to Tokyo, I went to Team Lab because I think it's important to see like what Team Lab is doing in the immersive space. So yes, there are really moments in the year where I will always be present, the festival you mentioned, but we always trying to go to other events um, to discover other type of works, but always where technology is involved. There's a number of different music festivals. I'm not sure if you've gone to. I, I have never been on the frontiers of that music, but is that something that you're looking at at all or not? I have a colleague that's really who is really in charge of the programming the, because we also do music at the center. We have a music venue where we program like traditional, well, not traditional, but concerts. So I have a colleague that's really more involving in, in that. I've never been to Coachella. Coachella I, when I'm at South by, I never go to the music events. So there's some of the intersection of technology and music. Some more specialized audio experiments. I forget the name of it, but I don't know if it's Sonar or other places. Yes, yes. Oh, I've been to Sonar actually. I've been to Sonar last summer. It was part of I didn't go to Barcelona for that, but I was happened to be there. So, yeah, Mutech is a good example. I think Mutech, you know, it's been around for 20-something years. It's really, it started as an electronic music festival, but now it's really bringing also digital artists. Max Cooper, who gave a talk yesterday here at South By, was in Montreal last year during Mutech. And his show, I don't know if you know Max Cooper, but it's incredible. So he's, I don't want to say he's a DJ because this is, he's a musician. And he's doing large-scale projection, but it's incredible. So, yeah, there are more and more that type of festivals. That's, you're right, that's popping up. I mean, Mutech is not new, but more and more festivals that are popping up where they involve digital creativity, technology, for sure. And if we speak about sound, maybe something I should share with you. We've been exploring sound immersion a lot at FI lately. We produced a piece last year called Lashing Skies, that's like an immersive sound experience. We just launched in the fall of 2022. We dedicated a room at the Fi Center, a very small room, but it's an immersive sound room. So people buy a ticket, they come, it's like if they were going to the cinema, but they come to listen to an album. Yeah, it's we're working with artists that do have uh, albums that are suitable for immersive sound space. And we dedicated one room, as I said, in the center for that. So we are exploring. We, lo- we love to R&D, you know, we love to test things. Sometimes things don't work, but with sound, we, we realize that people are really curious about immersive sound and they, they come and it's a big success. <laughs> yeah, I've been mostly focusing on the film festival circuit that have had these virtual reality pieces, but I know there's a whole other like immersive theater scene in like New York City as well as in LA and there's Meow Wolf that's doing all sorts of immersive installation art. And so are you also like trying to check out some of the immersive theater pieces? I know like, for example, like Noah Nelson of No Proscenium is like really covering a lot of those different types of immersive theatrical innovations. I see a lot of crossover with different like VR in terms of like the future of storytelling and, you know, live action role playing types of things. But yeah, I'm just curious if as you're trying to keep abreast of all these different things, if you like take a trip to New York or go to L.A. and try to catch the latest hot buzz of whatever the latest immersive theater projects are. Definitely. Immersive theater is really inspiring, I think, for our ecosystem so of course I saw Sleep No More in New York I saw Sleep No More in Shanghai I went last year to London for the opening of The Burn City the new piece by Punch Drunk I went to Mia Wolf Denver Mia Wolf Santa Fe so yes 
I think we need to go to that type of places. It opens up also, I mean, like I have colleagues like producers, creative directors, they need to see that and this can have an influence on the way we are producing the type of work we are doing. So yes, I mentioned Team Lab, but definitely I should have mentioned Mia Wolf and Punch Drunk. It's really big inspiration, actually. There's a project that was here last year. What was the name of it that was a part of the Phi Center? That so the piece was Composition, Composition, directed by Vincent Morissette. Vincent is really is a Montreal-based artist that is is not here this year, but his works was shown all over the world. And actually, this piece was developed as part of a residency at Phi. That was before we launched the official program of residency. So we wanted to test again. We love to test. So before launching an official residency program, we wanted to see if we were able to bring something to an artist. So we invited Vincent to develop a project with us, with the studio, in a residency. And it ended up here at South By. I think it has actually, it was successful. People really loved it. And yeah, I mean, South By is a great vitrine for artists, for work, to network, to to meet new people, but also like to shed light on their works and find maybe more homes to present them. Did it have a, an exhibition at the Phi Center either before South By or after South By? The composition? Yes, composition was shown in the summer of 2021, part of a group show. Actually, composition and... Were you there in Sundance in 2020? So, yeah. So we had a piece in Sundance in 2020 called Brief by an artist, a Brazilian artist called Diego Galafassi. And Brief and composition were developed at the same time in residencies with FI before we, as I said, officially announced our program of residency. So yeah, composition was shown during the summer of 2021 as part of an exhibition at FI. It was a perfect piece because 2021 we were still in COVID, right? So it was a perfect piece because, you know, like it's mainly sound and interaction, but you're not too close to other people. So it was a, a great, big success at the center. Yeah, and Breathe was its own prescient piece where it's a magic leap experience where you're visualizing breathing the particles of air from other people. And so it's sort of like that was like COVID was like starting to get like in the buzz of like, is it happening? And like, so anyway, that that was also, I don't know if you ever had an exhibition of Breathe, but it, it sort of have a, a new context in the pandemic of, it was trying to get at the essence of how we're all interconnected through the air we breathe. But yet when the pandemic happened, I think it took a different tone. Unfortunately, the timing for Breathe was really like when it came out, it was really bad because of COVID, as you just said, and the piece was not shown after Sundance. There was some people were interested, but I think the context because of the pandemic and because, you know, we, as you said, we're talking about the exchange of air, then yeah. So unfortunately, it didn't have a second life. I'm really sad about it because I really think it was an interesting piece. And the installation we made for it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it and had a chance to do an interview and you know, have it published. So there's at least that experience that I had in that conversation. But as you move forward now into like 2026 and start to have this unified center with 80,000 square feet, can you talk a bit about like what's going to change for you in terms of is that going to give you more capacity to have even more works? And yeah, and what's it mean to have these two disparate centers be connected to each other? So it's definitely we're going to have more space, that's for sure. And we're going to be able to have several exhibitions at the same time 
So several offerings, programming, and that's really important. And we really don't want to have to talk about contemporary art on one side and art and technology on the other side. We're going to talk about art. We were talking about contemporary art earlier. There's more and more established contemporary artists that are exploring, working with technology. We want to bring them to FI Contemporary, that's for sure. We're going to have smaller galleries, bigger galleries. So it's going to be an offering that's evolving like on a regular basis. Different artists, as I said, we're really looking forward to open FI Contemporary because I think it's going to, it's going to, I say that in a very humble way, but Phi Contemporary will become for Montreal a landmark. People will fly in to Montreal to go and see an exhibition to Phi Contemporary, like I would fly to New York or drive to New York <laughs> to see an exhibition. So we really want, we feel that it's going to be, it's going to become a landmark. And again, I say that in a very humble way, but I'm convinced. Yeah, and I, I see you've had an opportunity to serve on a lot of juries. So I guess when you're like either judging, I, I, there's a lot of different dimensions of an experience. And do you center it on the emotional reaction, the story, or what's the type of stuff that you're either judging for like what's the best experience of a piece? I mean, it's always kind of weird to like judge stories next to each other, but we just had the Oscars a couple of nights ago. So I guess that's part of the industry of trying to like exalt up like things that people should celebrate in terms of like storytelling so yeah I guess if you have any reflections on either through your curatorial process or what types of things do you want to see in an immersive experience I mean you know when talking about judging it's true you said I did many juries and and I feel that it's really weird what I'm gonna say but if a work a piece a story make me forget about the technology then for me it's like check it's really, really, it means that it works. I think one of the work that I've seen in the last year that has been really many, but one that was come to mind, I was able to do that is the pursuit of the repetitive beats. I mean, I danced all the way. I forgot I had a headset on my head. And when that happens, to me, that's like magic. And that's what I hope I'll see more and more in our ecosystem, you know, and being VR, being AR, being mixed reality, doesn't really matter. If that works, if that happened, then that's how, yes, of course, like if I can cry in VR and that also means that the work is powerful, but crying in VR doesn't mean I forget about the VR headset, but if I can forget about it, then I'm all the way for that type of experience for sure. Yeah, that's definitely one of the ones that I put as a high bar in the pursuit of repetitive beats in terms of not only immersion in storytelling, but also just the fusion of different genres as you have all these like documentary forms and embodiment and, you know, storytelling and, you know, this visceral, imaginal exploration. So, yeah, really, really appreciate it. Actually, I think I saw a video of the launch of Coventry and you're there with Casper Sonnen. So, you know, always... As always, on the bleeding edge of whatever is new and emerging, I can guarantee you that you'll be there. So always <laughs> nice to get a sense of what is happening in the landscape. But yeah, I guess as we start to wrap up, I'm curious what you think the ultimate potential of this type of immersive storytelling, immersive art might be and what it might be able to enable. You know, if I think about The Infinite, the co-production we did with Felix and Paul, where we are bringing the audience in virtual reality on the International Space Station. I mean, in my lifetime, I won't go to space. I know that. Maybe my daughter will, or maybe her children or what later. But 
to be able to transport people to a place where they will most likely never go, this is the power of immersive storytelling. When you look at Carne Arena, where Inaritu is putting you in the shoes of migrants that are at the border between, trying to pass the border between Mexico and the States, we'll never go through that because we are privileged, but to be able to somehow get a bit of a, a sense of what those people are going through because of technology, this is what one thing that technology can enable. And, you know, after doing Carnet Arena, a lot of people are like, okay, but what can I do now? How can I change those things? And this is how, you know, like um, having a social impact. Technology can help with stories. And that's one thing that comes to mind. And there are many stories that can be told and that can have people, you know, when you, after an experience, like you want to make a change. And that's, technology can enable that. Awesome. Is there anything else that's left unsaid that you'd like to say to the broader immersive community? No, I'm, what I would say is that, like, you know, we're wrapping up at South By here. I'm already looking forward to the next festival, the next works that I will be discovering, let's say, at Tribeca or even next week at CPH Docs. So keep on producing, creating works that are surprising us, moving us, help us also, as I realize, you know, like the world we live in and speak about the environment, about inclusion. But I think our XR community is doing that really well. But I would just want to say keep up the great work. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me and breaking down your journey. And, you know, we run into each other a lot on the festival circuit, and it's really nice to be able to get a bit more of your backstory and your journey into this and just getting a, a sense of your lay of the land of what's happening in the immersive art ecosystem, but also just all the really amazing work that you're doing there with all the, the FI Contemporary Center, the FI Center, the, all the residency programs in the studio. Yeah, it's just a lot of really amazing work that I think is a key part of helping to really take this immersive art into the next level and to provide a home for it. And uh, it's been, you know, such a key part for, you know, probably keeping a lot of these artists able to keep creating this type of amazing work. So thanks again for all that you do and, uh, and for joining me to help sort of break it all down. So thanks. Thank you for all that you do because what you, you know, you give visibility to artists and this is really important. So, merci. So that was Miriam Ashard, who's the Chief New Media Partnership and PR Officer at the Phi Center in Montreal, Canada. So I have a number of takeaways about this interview is that, first of all, well, the Phi Center is really on the bleeding edge of immersive exhibition. And I'd say the leading place in the world that is bringing these different experiences in a consistent location for multiple months and has been doing it for many, many years. And like she said, she's one of the investors in Felix and Paul, helping to bring the infinite and really thinking about location-based exhibitions as well and trying to figure out both the throughput issues. And I have a conversation that I did about the infinite that has one of the representatives from the Phi Center that was also talking about more the logistical side of how to do a piece like the infinite. Also bringing back Inuritu's Kone Iarina that is currently playing in San Francisco, originally showed in Los Angeles, but has been traveling around. And so they're thinking about in the wake of the pandemic, they had like three different location-based experiences that were going to be happening around the world. And so that rolled back some other more expansive location-based experiences, expansive in the sense that going beyond just what is happening in Montreal and to take these 
pieces to different cities around the world. I had a chance to see the infinite that was actually in Tacoma, Washington, and had a chance to just to see the epic nature of what they're able to figure out how to do exhibition. And they had a whole really great immersive art exhibition afterwards. And yeah, just to also hear from Miriam's perspective, like what are the different things that she's looking at? She's going to all the different major immersive festivals that I'm going to. She's also going to other more regional festivals to start to really be on the lookout for the emerging talent from these regional festivals that are not being curated just yet at these other places. And also at Team Lab, the Meow Wolf, the immersive theater, pieces like Sleep No More and going to Los Angeles and LA and, and all these musical festivals. She's going basically around the world all the time and trying to see all the latest and greatest immersive experiences. And yeah, it's just doing a really amazing job of catching all the different things and bringing them to uh, the Fi Center. And in 2026, they're going to be expanding their exhibition and, and kind of having, like there's been this bifurcation between the contemporary art scene and the digital art scene. And there's this fusion that's currently happening that she's seeing by looking at different evidence of what's happening at, say, like the Art Biennale, but also like the immersive art that's happening there that I had a chance to really check out this past year when I went to Venice in 2022. And yeah, just to see how with the next iteration of the Fi Center in 2026, how there's going to be less of a bifurcation between the contemporary art scene and the digital artist scene and what's happening with immersive art as well. It's going to be more of a, a seamlessly integrated fusion of these two separate locations that they currently have. And the trend of them combining together is a, an indication of where the contemporary art world is headed into having more and more of these immersive art and more of these XR immersive storytelling exhibitions and yeah, so just really exciting to see what other exhibition opportunities that are going to happen there for these artists because these are at the frontier of going from these ideas that we get to see at these festivals into more of a enterprise bespoke distribution and then eventually get into more of a mass consumer scale. And so these art museums are at the forefront of showing these handcrafted bespoke location-based exhibitions that have PC VR and have an outlet for a lot of these pieces that the consumer market is really centered on for being at scale of the standalone, but not all these different pieces can be translated into standalone experiences. Maybe with the pixel streaming and other different technologies that we started to see with what Evolver was doing at Tribeca 2022 with doing more of a high res experience that was being more streamed in. And so, yeah, having these more cloud rendered experiences is also an opportunity. We're going to see a bit of a convergence, I think, but to have this whole multi-century experience that are happening at these more installation-based, location-based site-specific installations for that higher fidelity. There's always going to be need for that site-specific installations as well. So anyway, lots of really amazing stuff that's happening there at the Fi Center. They're going to be showing some stuff from Taiwan. I have some previous interviews from Venice 2022 talking to the Taiwan Creative Content Agency as well as the Kaohsiung Festival and The Man Who Couldn't Leave as well as All That Remains some really amazing immersive storytelling experiences that are coming out of Taiwan. They're going to be featured there in Montreal. Some really the top of the line in terms of 360 degree immersive storytelling. Actually the winner of Venice immersive this year was the man who couldn't leave. And yeah, just a really next level of immersive storytelling there. So that's all I have for today. And I just wanted to thank you for listening to the Voices of VR podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, and please do spread the word, tell your friends, and consider becoming a member of the Patreon. This is a listener supported podcast, and I do rely upon donations from people like yourself in order to continue to bring in this coverage. So you can become a member and donate today at patreon.com slash Voices of VR. Thanks for listening.